You know what's coming. You know what's coming. You hear the steel drums. You know there could be a potential meltdown or an on-air stroke by Cofield. A stadium talk, A's money talk. We have to hit it a little bit today because there's more more news. I don't think it's news at all, but we just have to go through this. That's coming up in less than five minutes. Silver Sevens on a Thursday. We're out here every single Thursday, Flamingo and Paradise. They've got their 77-cent special on beers on VGK game days. As long as the season keeps going, tomorrow that means Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra bottles for just 77 cents. Special good at both bars, silver and gold, down by the William Hill Race and Sportsbook, and right here where we're set up at the Bud Light Sports Bar. Angel's here. Willie Ramirez is here as well. He looks very fired up to talk about the A's. Later in the hour, we're going to bring in one of the uh, Dallas Stars experts, one of their writers. Well, it's not the Stars writers, but one of the guys who covers the Stars and the Dallas hockey scene for the Dallas Morning News. So that's coming up in about 30. So you've had a break from all this A stuff on the show. I'm a little disappointed in Ari, by the way, because... What happened? Well, Monday... You you meant you were fired up. You were mad. You were angry. You were. It was the gamut of emotions. You said, "I want," and I said, "If you're going to do that, I want to hear Bob Marley." Okay. And and I said, "Which song I wanted?" But now, for two days in a row, listening because I listen when I'm not on when I can. uh, It's the same clip. I mean, do I need to? I think I was different. I think I was a different steel drum song. I think I I think we've got an issue. There's the red red one. Um, One of the by the way, one of the worst concerts I've ever been to. Um, that was three weeks ago we did that. You're not. You're, you're no, late. I'm just saying. It just reminded me of right. being in a, a smallish gym on a you know side campus at mm-hmm. uh, Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Did you say this on air, show. Willie? Yeah. Monday. Well, well, one. I think do we do we have do we have something incorrect here? If we're doing steel drum music to take me back to Jamaica and vacation when we have to start talking A's, and then you mentioned Bob Marley, is are there have people? Have people covered Bob Marley on the on the steel drums? I guess they have. Well, you said, or do you just want straight Bob Marley music? music? No, no, no. I, I don't think I did on Monday. I don't think I said Jamaican music. Well, then I, I, did, I said Bob Marley. What did I say, Ari? If well, you're the and also Willie, I don't know if you were around back in the day, but he has said his uh, favorite instrument is steel drums. I remember. Ooh, that. that's a good memory. Ooh. And then I and then that always turned into. Uh, you know, I like drums in general, which Adam Hill says drums are stupid and you don't like them. I'm like, all right. You make the judgment for me, Adam. I did play some Marley on 420. Well, Willie. once Adam determines that anything, it doesn't matter. It could be this T-shirt, this bottle of water. Once he says it's stupid, then that means that anything or anybody involved is wrong and he's right. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> like that comment I just made, that could be stupid. That's just stupid. So I'm wrong. Trees are dumb. Trees are wrong. Not Not true. Trees are stupid. Kind of vital. Trees are just stupid. They're useless. They're dumb. Kind that means that we should all chop them down. Kind of vital. Yeah. So yesterday uh, via email, headline, Clark County votes support Las Vegas ballpark package by a 3-to-1 margin. A polling company, the Melman Group, conducted by the Melman Group for the A's, found that with 700 Clark County registered voters who voted between April 29th and May 5th, um, Three-to-one support for a ballpark. Uh, the switch, if you notice the dates, the switch from Wild Wild West to the TROP happened on May 9th, so they actually didn't vote on the new site. So that's kind of interesting. So I, I threw it out there on Twitter. I'm like, well, I guess we have the wrong vibe. 
and the people have spoken in Clark County, and, well, they want a new ballpark. Now, of course, people immediately ask the question, because you're smart, what was actually in the poll? Well, that wasn't really revealed very strongly. Now, today we get a story from the wonderful folks at the Nevada Independent. Go to the NevadaIndependent.com to find the article. Headline, Nevada lawmakers balk at $395 million price tag. Deal now dependent on county funding. Well, it's a good thing that three-quarters of the people in the county support this ballpark. That sounds ominous. For the A's. It's, yes. I, but do we, do we do this every day, the cycle of news back and forth and get in the weeds? Well, I mean, they're, they're going to continue to run these polls, right? Let's have Kodak run this. Let's have this run that. Let's have this from Melman, whoever. I mean, there's going to be all these polls. The thing is, you mentioned, you said the A's ran the poll so of, of these particular voters. But there's also ways of figuring out who you want to survey. Um, there's also ways of not presenting all the information. Yes, exactly. Hence Tempe. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I tend to lean toward what, what Howard Stutz and uh, Tabitha Mueller reported, and that the lawmakers are just kind of they're balking at. $400 million. And, they uh, don't have a proposal yet. It's been about three weeks since the A's first talked about a binding agreement for Wild Wild West. They switched it over to the TROP site. And it doesn't look good either that, okay, we're going to get in bed with this organization. They had a binding agreement here. Oh, wait a minute. No, we're going to do a binding agreement there. And I get it. They're doing it with whatever's feasible and whatever the options are, where whatever they deem be a better location. But nevertheless, they're also witnessing – an organization that has sabotaged a franchise because they're unhappy. Okay, so build us a stadium and then we'll be happy and we'll come there and then we'll spend money. Okay, I mean, there's, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just as confused as anybody else as to, do we really want this franchise even there? On Tuesday, both Adam Hill, who's got really good sources, mm-hmm. and Justin Watkins, a former Nevada assemblyman who has even better sources, when I asked them... The TROP site, is this the site or will there be another switch? Give me a percentage. And they both said (laughs) 50-50, that another site could be on the way. I believe both of them. Absolutely. I mean, Adam's dialed in with, you know, reporters, especially in that area. Especially, first of all, he knows people up there because he's got family up there. Second of all, all the times he's traveled up there to cover the Raiders before they came here. And Justin, like you said, being a former assemblyman. So, I mean, both of them are dialed in. I, I'm 100% believe them. Yeah, there's no guarantee that they're just, okay, we're going to drop the trop and bring in a new stadium. There's, there's, you cannot, until there are actual, everybody is on the same page, documents are signed, everything, nothing, no headline, no story you can go on. This is the type of stuff that's clickbait, number one. Number two, it's, Water cooler conversation every single day, and the conversation will never be the same. Not until it's done deal and the ink is dry. Well, we know we have the fortress. Well, That's done. That's I, been used. That was, pri- that, that was privately financed by Bill Foley and AEG and MGM. All right, Ari. So we know we have that building, and we know we have a hockey game going down tomorrow in the first game of the Western Conference final. Puck drop tomorrow is... 5.30. You think when you look at a lot of the players on VGK that 
Game one is especially important for Mark Stone. I do. I do for this reason. Um, I've noticed a few times that I've gone over there during the playoffs to City National Arena. When you go, when they, when they call you and they say, okay, locker room's open, and you go in the back, kind of wait for the players to come in. Mark Stone has a special thera- therapeutic pad that he sits on, first of all, or his back, right? Gives cushion so you're not sitting straight back down on the hard. You kind of can ease into it. It's a foam cushion, hard foam cushion. Second of all, I have literally seen him walk out of that room after doing availability, because, and he usually waits. The remaining people that are in there are the, the members of the broadcast team or the social media committee or the PR team. A couple of us linger for if you're about to do a one-on-one or whatever. Mark Stone, in the middle of press conference, and, and and or excuse me, in the middle of series, and don't get me wrong, I am not saying that the surgery didn't work or whatever, but He's feeling the effects of it. Remember, he came back in the middle of the season after surgery, whereas last year it was in the summer, and then he had a few months. This one, somewhat the same, but it was early season, out, surgery, and then he returned. I've watched him walk out of there very gingerly. Okay? I have a feeling, like, if you're a player prop better, it would not shock me if Mark Stone has his absolute best game in game one of this series for the simple fact that everyone is going to obviously be gunning for the big guns who have been offensively sound um he's he 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 can do remarkable things with the puck he's got as we say with point guards right court vision he's got incredible vision on the ice he's great on the defensive end but when he's on offensively scoring and he's seeing the crevices and the little nuances of a goaltender, in this case, Jake Ottinger. This is the game he's going to be most fresh. He's going to be in the least pain that he's experienced because they've had they've had X amount of days off. What, it's going to be five days off. They've been off. He's rested. Because after today, man, it's every other day. There might be a two-day in between. I don't even know if there is in this year. They're every other day, boom, 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 boom. You're on the plane. You're here. You're there. Bop, bop, bop. This is the game in which I think Mark Stone, we're going to see his best game. And I'm not saying, like, it's imperative he have a big game. I'm just saying this is going to be – I've heard so many conversations as a, you know, who's got to come out, who's got to step up, who's got to do this, who's got to do that. I actually think that Mark Stone is going to have a phenomenal game one. If you're a player prop better and you want to bet points, like usually it's over one and a half points, and then will they score a goal, goal scorer, yes or no. I like all the props on Mark Stone for that reason. I think this is the game he comes out fresh, and he's gonna, you know, he's finally gonna add some rest, some treatment, and he'll be feeling great. All right. Beyond that, you scolded us behind the scenes when we talked about key players, like who has to come through for VGK, and you said, "Don't go with familiar names." But I don't know what that means. What I said. Like how was, far down the list do we need to go? What I said was, who needs to step up in this series outside of the regular names everyone seems to be regurgitating? Okay, the regular names that people are regurgitating. So how deep is that? I have a list, but let me cross it off. Let me see who's approved and not. Okay, the only well, first of all, the first name that's not that's not on this list is Jack Eichel. You have Eichel nowhere on here. Well, I assume that's one of the names I'm not allowed to regurgitate. Oh, I see. These are the names that aren't being regurgitated. Okay, I'm right. sorry. Marchessault is being regurgitated okay. because, Marcia, because okay. of his Mar- hat Mar- trick, basically. Mar- Mar- Marchie's out, okay. Marchie's out. I had, I had Aiden Hill. 
Is that allowed? I meant out. skaters. So okay. so so in, in a sense, no. I mean, he's. I meant skaters. He's obviously he's the goaltender. He's got to have a good big. Who I mean, needs to step up in the series outside of regular names? Everyone seems to be regurgitating. So Hill is out. Eichel's out. Marshy's out. Wild Bill. He 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 needs to step up. Okay, so yeah. that's a, that's an acceptable he's a, name. He's acceptable. Okay, uh, Stevie. He he's acceptable. Chandler Stevens. Yeah, yeah, I think so because I think that he's one of the most versatile guys up and down the line. I think we brought that up Monday, just for the fact that he he even last year during the injury plague se- se- season, DeBoer was moving him everywhere to try to build chemistry with everybody, including Eichel. Right. So yeah. this year, this dude can skate with anybody at, on any of the four lines. I I love Chandler Stevenson's game. He's a troublemaker. He, he uh, you know, as soon as he's out there, like whoa, okay, different speed. Yep. And, uh, you know, I've been all over his jock. Yeah, okay. Um, Barbie. He's a good name to bring up because I think that, you know what, it's funny, even I think some of the media members outside of, like, the daily guys that are there every single day, there's three in mind, uh, I think people kind of forget that he joined the team midseason and and the effect and the impact that he's had. So, I mean, it's not a matter of, like, he needs to step up because he has been stepping up since he arrived in in Las Vegas. So I don't know if he's he's someone like we've got to slap the need label on him because he's been doing it but he's been fantastic and i think people like i said they forget about that name because you automatically think of the guys who have been here since day one of this season uh hold on okay we're doing nicknames so we want to explain to people ivan ivan barbashev okay by the way best ivans or ivans that we know spelled ivan of all time in sports do you have any in mind we have to think about that one. I just think I'm going to go Ivan Koloff from wrestling. I'm going to go Yvonne Lendl from tennis. And I wish I could go Yvonne Gulagong from tennis, but she that was a woman and it was uh, spelled differently. Spelled differently. It's not Ivan. It was Y-V-O-N-N-E. It was. It was. You got two ends. That was good. Real good spelling on your tennis knowledge. Anyone else? Can I Google? Um, you know what? You can. How about we save the greatest Ivans of all time for the grab bag? Our Ivan Mount Rushmore. Our Ivan Mount Rushmore. Because <laughs> I might go with just because I I just I like the sound of the name and you know a very solid glove at two ten. Uh, Yvonne De Jesus was oh, was yeah, one of my favorites. One. Chicago Cubs. Yeah, like kind of a light stick, but good defender. Would Phillies. you be shocked if I told you there is a there is a Wikipedia page for the name Ivan? Okay, well, grab bag. It's going in the grab bag. Um, the other key players who were under the radar. Yeah, you left a name. Uh, Petro, but I fi- I figured you would just freaking slap me like a, well, a one-timing he, puck. I don't think I don't think his name Petro Angelo. Bro- I don't think he. <laughs> yeah, well, some say Peter Angelo. The Cana- I feel like the Canadian announcers. A lot of them say Petro Angelo. Millard does not. Uh, I, but I'm going to go with Petro Angelo. I just you know what I just say what Petro Angelo. Okay. All right. Pe- period. So he's Petro off the Angelo. list, and I I, I put in. Um, Who is I put in Billy C because I don't know what because uh, I can't imagine to just carry uh, William Carrier. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Willie. What's his nickname? Willie C. I don't think they call him. Anything. I think that I think there are people that call him Willie. Okay. Yeah. So another Willie, but uh, he, he's kind of key. By the way, let, let's. Well, it's not. It's not as vital as it was in the last year, which turned into a, a freaking touch fest. How where, about this uh, one? You know, Carrier, be physical, but don't commit penalties. How about this one? Yes, Riley Smith. Ever since day one in 2017, Gerard Gallant called him the smartest hockey player in the organization. Smartest. IQ, 
knowing everything, seeing everything, breaking everything down in a split second on the ice. Um, his 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 hockey knowledge is being out there. Call him the smartest hockey player on the team. I think he could be a All very right. key cog in this entire series. I think that was a good list, but I feel like we missed people. So go to uh, at ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter or at Steve Cofield at Willie G. Ramirez. Give us some more of the under-radar players. I think Willie will basically respond with anyone you throw his way. He'll be like, no, he's on the radar. He'll just reject him and say, you're regurgitating. You're regurgitating. The Steve Sears Summer Tour is back. It's one of our favorite stints of every year. We usually do two, three, four live shows from all over Las Vegas. Many of them are outside, sweltering heat, but next to a pool. And we all wear bathing suits. Everyone. Most importantly, the women who are there. You'll wear you can you can wear a bathing suit. That's to be on the Steve Sears Summer Tour. You got to wear a bathing suit. Plus, you can wear you can wear a muscle shirt. You have muscles. I'll have a do hoodie. that. I will have a hoodie on. You'll have a hoodie out if I go is, on a sweaty is June, tug, July. Is that tug of war thing? Go, do, we don't have it. I can't. I'm not upper management on the summer tour. Huh. I've been clued in that there may be. At least one bikini that, tug of war, if not many. That may be, just so you know, the week that I'm on the uh, mental retreat, like Aaron Rodgers. Really? Yeah. Why would you do that? It's one of our greatest shows of the year. That, that I will actually make the request this year uh, because we know Ari's having trouble with the, the swiping and all that stuff. That Ari actually gets to. Are you, Ari, are you, a, are you too high up now in the company? To go and set up a remote and run a remote? Do you remember how to do it, or is it, is it beneath you? No, it's not beneath me, and of course you, I remember how. In fact, yeah. a little fun. Actually, Angel, who's running the show today, just started waving. He's like, he's, he's not going to do this. it. He's doing this. He's like, he's <laughs> not going to do it. Cap. He, he, you, yeah, Ari, Ari thinks what he, listen, Ari thinks what he does now is beneath him. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't believe it. You that. know what? We're going to break on that note, then. I don't <laughs> believe that. All right, you made the call. Go to break. <laughs> Bye. Live entertainment returns to Silver 7s every Friday and Saturday from 8.30 to midnight at the Bud Light Sports Bar inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. So Ari cut us off before business was taken care of. I was pimping our summer tour, the Steve Sears summer tour. That starts up next Wednesday, May 24th. We'll be live at Ellis Island Casino Hotel and Brewery in the front yard. You come out, get an entree, watch a show. Sears going to get your first beer. Great brewery there. Voted best of Las Vegas on many, many fronts. So front yard, Ellis Island, one of the homes of F1. I don't think that's an official partnership. I'm just saying good place to hang out in November. But the Sears Summer Tour begins, and then we'll have at least two or three stops during the summer. TBD. But watch the show next Wednesday, May 24th, Cofield & Company from 3 until 6. I have not checked out the front yard menu in a little while. I don't know if they have hummus on the menu. Uh, Maybe we can get them to – Whip some up for Willie if he's working the show. Uh, today or this week is actually uh, National Hummus Celebration Weekday. Is seems that right? A, it seems that way. I mean, okay. I, I had, uh, we believe you. on my site it, it says today. today. Uh, you found a site that says a different day. That was a couple days ago. That's all right. We all love hummus. Yeah. And I respect both of you guys with you know your uh, your backgrounds that you are uh, hummusaholics. Well, I would say hummus connoisseurs. Hummus snobs. Uh, I'm definitely a hummus. Was there a rant you were going to do? Because I pick up the the packs of hummus from various grocery stores around town that have, you know, diced roasted red pepper in it or garlicky. That's fine. It is? Oh, I thought you were saying there was a purity to the hummus. No, 
no, you can put roasted red pepper on it. As a matter of fact, the true way to have it is 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 you have um, chunks of you can taste chunks of garlic, but also hot sauce. There's a specified like cayenne, like a like a hot pepper, like almost like a Frank's or a Louisiana hot. But you put hot sauce on it. The problem I have is when all these different you you walk up to like you said you go to let's say the service deli at your local grocery store, and you want to grab a container of hummus, which actually is in the dialect is hummus. There's a little uh, there. Uh, and there's like 17 different flavors. Just stop. It's not. There's there's no avocado hummus, uh, lemon hummus. Uh, Ari is rolling his eyes. Yeah. I can see in our. Are you rolling your eyes at the variety or that Willie is being a snob? No, no, no. He's right. Um, I've even seen chocolate. Something yeah. mixed with chocolate and hummus. Yeah, just and by the way. You're referring to hummus is the pronunciation. Ooh, he came over the top. There you go. You back into the pronunciation, and he well, gave he, the at the front. So who's the snot a, now? Well, he's a little upset still at the whole, the last segment, or we don't do segments, mm-hmm. the last bit. But uh, <laughs> it's, you know, but to remember, he comes from a different, you know, his background's from a different country. So everybody has a different dialect of how they pronounce it. I'm Lebanese and Syrian. Ari is Israeli. So, but we share the common ground of the. I don't care. I love it. That's right. It's the greatest food, Middle Eastern food. You cannot beat it, honestly. And you know how much I love Italian food. Uh But I I mean, and it has to be authentic. There are places in town that, sir, you know, like they they use the way they use the word Greek or it's a Greek. But you have to, if you're going to cook it, you got to cook it properly. When it comes to hummus, it's basic. But you, but the, just plain hummus, and if it's done properly, with the right amount of texture, with garlic, with the chickpeas, the tahini, right? Mm. Just keep it proper with, you know, salted lightly. It's it's got to be done right. You don't need to add all these different things to jazz it up. You're ruining it. You're pissing all over it. Okay. All right. Well. Stefano's does it right. You can go to stefanoslv.com to order some hummus and lots of other goodies. Again, stefanoslv.com. Four locations in town, one on Fort Apache in the southwest. You got the uh, digital kitchen, pickup and delivery only, East Sahara. Eastern, up near Anthem, and now a new location on Blue Diamond. So on this National Hummus Day, go check out our friends at yes. Stefano's, stefanoslv.com since 1998. Real food, real fast, real healthy. Get 77-cent bottles of Bud, Bud Light, and Michelob Ultra on Golden Knights game days at the Silver Sevens Hotel and Casino. Western Conference Final in the NHL goes down tomorrow right here in town at the Fortress with a 5.30 puck drop. Eastern Conference Final, Willie, what, uh, about 12 minutes in, Florida, Carolina? Scoreless. Goaltenders duels thus far. Um, Bob doing his job for the Panthers. Got to like it. All right. Uh, today, you were nice enough to reach out to uh, Dallas Stars expert, Joseph Hoyt, who's at the uh, Dallas Morning News. And he got off the plane a little while ago. He's covering the series. He joins Cofield and company, Willie and Cofield here in Vegas. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. All Joe, right. Did you fly in with the team? No, no, we fly separate, um, and uh, they had media availability at 345, and me and another reporter walked in at 346. Uh, so, because uh, you text, <laughs> you you emailed us not too long after Mr. DeBoer texted me. Oh, look at this guy, name dropping. Yeah, we, we reached out for DeBoer. Yeah, we, we reached out for DeBoer, and DeBoer said, well, kind of tough today. So, so I told him, hey, don't worry about it, bud. We got Joe Hoyt on. Oh, there you go. There you go. 
Yeah, it's not a bad consolation prize, if I say so myself. <laughs> All right, so give us the vibe and what's the main narrative uh, when you went out to the access today? Yeah, no, I mean, obviously everyone wants to talk to Pete um, about coming back, and uh, it's kind of a storyline that he's willing to, you know, talk about head on. Um, you know, he, he says, hey, I'd be, you know, basically I'd be lying if I said it didn't mean a little bit more, but he's also really kind of reiterated that he has put it in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, I mean, obviously he's been back here multiple times, um, you know, already um, after the first win. Um, you know, he chugged a beer after the first win to celebrate and really does seem like he's kind of moved on and obviously ready for a Western Conference final showdown this weekend. You know, I, I'm curious how you guys have, have sort of embraced him in terms of covering him and, and, and going out there daily to, the, you know, to their facility and so on and so forth. When he first got here, right, he obviously – we knew him from San Jose, and there were a lot of media members up there. And, of course, San Jose was a different scenario than, than Vegas. Vegas and, and Dallas, the same thing. But he had donned the nickname from the San Jose media, Prickly Pete. We, <laughs> we never got that here. Like, nobody ever had an issue with, with him or Gerard Gallant, for that matter. How has he been? Obviously, the first season, they were challenging for the, for the top seed for a minute there. They were tra- tra- uh, challenging for the Central Division. So, obviously, when things are going good, it's not too bad of a, uh, uh, an environment to cover. But how has he been? Yeah, no, I chuckled when that Prickly Pete name drop uh, happened because I, I'm with you. I mean, he's been... Um, you know, he's been very open. He's been, he's been insightful. He's been candid. He's been easy to kind of get a hold of and talk to. And, um, you know, the, I don't sense a lot, a lot of, uh, prickliness, uh, coming from him, but to your point, you know, it's kind of easy to, you know, when things are going well and, you know, obviously they're here for a reason. And so things have gone pretty well. So, um, you know, Hey, if, if a sweep happens, maybe more prickles will kind of pop out there, but, uh, I, 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 you know, I, it hasn't been the prickly side that San Jose might've had. I want to tie together a conversation we had at the beginning of the week and what we were just talking about here with DeBoer, who seems to have kind of chilled a little more over the years. We were talking about Connor McDavid and then his behavior during the game uh, the other night, and he was kind of giving real short, snippy answers. And one of the guys on our show who uh, just does not like American hockey fans, loves Canadian hockey fans, was saying, well, you know, McDavid has to deal with the pressure all the time. So he gets all these questions all the time. And I, I don't know, we just – are we just so easy on, on hockey organizations as compared to Canada that, you know, players and coaches act differently in a lot of the U.S. markets versus the Canadian markets? I, I think that's possible. I mean, I, I don't think it's a secret that, you know, Canadian interest and in, in probably media attention is, is a lot more than what you have down here in, you know, the Sun Belt um, or below the Sun Belt, uh, <laughs> as, uh, you know, we've kind of pointed out so far with this Final Four. But, you know, I mean, I... I I think also, I mean, kind of like what we talked about, things went well for Pete here in Vegas for up until the last season, and things have kind of gone well here in Dallas too. So, you know, maybe there is a little bit less pressure, um, you know, and, and maybe a little bit reiterating or of the, of the kind of the similar storylines that they get in, you know, every single night. The Dallas Stars through the playoffs, you know, this, it, there hasn't been – I mean, you've had your, your top, like, Hints, Robertson, Max Domi, right? But for the most part, even Pavelski brings some leadership. But it's kind of like Vegas where, yeah, you know who the top guys are, but you've, you've seen the Dallas Stars with 20 skaters every at, at least one point, even a couple of former Golden Knights, Evgeny Dadanoff, Colin Miller. The depth really is part of the story of this team. Yeah, you know, and that was I was talking to Bruce Boudreau a little bit about this matchup today, and he he was saying it, it's really four lines deep, and it's going to be a chess match, and that's kind of what I saw 
um, you know, from Seattle as well. Seattle obviously was kind of uh, able to um, really brag about, you know, how spread out their scoring was. And you saw it. I mean, you kind of didn't know where the puck was going to come from. Um, and, and Dallas has got a similar kind of vibe to it, too. You know, I mean, I think the trade, the two trades for Dadanoff and Domi at the deadline really solidified, um, you know, their top three lines in particular. Um, and, and obviously the emergence of rookie Wyatt Johnson has been, has been a storyline, too. And it, they're, they're really deep. I mean, you think about it, Jamie Benn, you know, is on their third line, and, and that's a guy that obviously was one of the best players in the league not too long ago. And, you know, and that's kind of the depth they have right now. I think Domi specifically has been very impressive, really rounding up that second line, um, you know, for the, for the stars so far this postseason. This is once again speaking to Joseph Hoyt, writer for the Dallas Morning News, covering the stars. He just got here today. He'll be covering the series, Western Conference Final, Golden Knights, and stars. Joining us here on Cofield & Company, ESPN Las Vegas. Let's talk goaltending Ottinger. Uh, leads the pl- the playoff field of goalies with eight wins, save percentage of uh, nine oh three goals against average two point seven five. How has he handled the pressure? Uh, extremely well. I mean, especially if you look at it through this lens, uh, he doesn't lose back to back games, which I think is you know pretty impressive for you know a young goaltender. And you know, one thing that Pete kind of talked about the other day was he said he went up to um, Jake before uh, Game Seven. And says, you're the best response goalie I've ever had. And we kind of asked a little bit, you know, what does that kind of entail? And, you know, he says it's all about mindset and just this calming presence. You know, a lot of people have credited Pete this year with being kind of the calming zen force for, you know, Dallas when the ups and downs happen. But he quickly pointed to Jake saying, no, he's the, he's the actual, the calming presence. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of worked out. I mean, if you kind of do the math, if you lose game one, but you never lose back-to-back games as a goalie, you're eventually going to win in seven. Um, so that <laughs> that formula so far has been working for him. He's, you know, especially in that game seven, um, you know, he was really locked in, and you know, for all sixty minutes, and um, it was a it was a pretty impressive bounce back display for a guy who's kind of made that his calling card so far this postseason. You talked about what the stars did to the deadline. Um, obviously, the Golden Knights made some moves of their own. Why is this? You know, they, and Dallas dominated them during the regular season. Um, but when you, as a writer from that side, and you're sort of looking at and scouting, why is this Vegas team dangerous and different than what Dallas saw in the regular season? Yeah, I mean, Pete kind of talked about today, Mark Stone <laughs> is, uh, is going to be a problem for him. And, you know, if you look back at the three games, I mean, obviously Dallas came out in the, the first one and, you know, uh, had a pretty bit lopsided win. And, you know, it kind of makes sense considering it was Pete's return, a lot of, you know, a lot of pressure with that. But the other two games were shootouts. And uh, I think that, you know, that was kind of indicative of the, the seven games we're about to get right here. I mean, it's, there's, these two teams are in the Western Conference Finals for a reason. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, you know, having Mark Stone there for Vegas is something that um, Dallas is definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely weary of, let's say that. Right. Once again, speaking with uh, Joseph Hoyt with the Dallas Morning News covering the Stars, joining us, Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas. And I think the reason that Pete brought that up is because he didn't face the Stars. He, he While he was out nursing a second back surgery, he wasn't on the ice for any of the Dallas games. Just mm-hmm. like with the Oilers, they played four times. He was only on the ice for one of the meetings, and he really can't be that difference maker because of what he does at both ends of the ice, his ice vision. We were just talking about this just a little bit ago before you joined us. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's he's obviously a very special player, and uh, 
someone, I mean, someone asked him today, basically, like, straight up, how much of a problem is it going to be? I mean, and Pete laughed and then did not hold back. Cause, I mean, this, that's, pr- that's a pretty clear difference, um, you know, obviously from the regular season to now and something that's going to be a difference maker this year. When you, uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny when you look at how these teams have gotten here and 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 the route they've taken. I mean, Edmonton and, and Vegas sort of took on, I think, an uncharacteristic uh, venture through some 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 dirty shots here and there. But for the most part, these are two clean playing teams. They're not, you know, I mean, all hockey's physical, obviously, but when you talk about using the phrases heavy. Um, and and sort of taking those extra shots, I, I I highly expect a relatively clean game when it comes to penalties or a clean series. Yeah, I would think the same. I mean, you know, from a Dallas perspective, um, you know, the Minnesota Wild series that was that was kind of a big test for them because there was a physicality factor that Minnesota uh, that the Wild came with, and, and Dallas you know met it. You know that they hey, said hey, if you're going to be physical, we'll do that. It's not necessarily our you know, main characteristic, but we'll meet you there. And then Seattle was all about speed and depth and kind of matching that. So I, I think to your point, I, I wouldn't expect, um, you know, kind of a dirty series coming out of this one. But I will say in Game 7, um, you saw a Dallas Stars team that came out aggressive, very aggressive, very physical, specifically on the forecheck. And that really kind of set the tone for that Game 7, which even though they only won 2-1, to one, they pretty much dominated that performance. So I'm, I've been kind of watching, or one thing I'm going to watch tomorrow is how aggressive Dallas comes out um, in this game. Obviously, Final Four, there's not, don't have to worry about fatigue too much anymore, and right. I, I'd expect to try to set the tone quickly. All right, so i got to ask you, you, you mentioned picking up Dadnoff at the trade deadline. Obviously, one of the craziest stories we covered last year was how the Golden Knights tried to deal him to Anaheim. The, the trade was voided because of a clause. Then he comes back. Now all of a sudden he's playing for DeBoer in Dallas. Have you talked to him about that? Uh, I specifically haven't, but, it, I mean, the irony is pretty funny. You know, it's funny because Pete, the way he characterized this entire series is ironic. You know, I mean, I, he's played against Vegas. He, he, he obviously coached for Vegas. Now he's playing against Vegas again. There's just so many storylines. You guys pointed out Colin Miller as well. It, yeah. It, the storylines, the, the, the two, I mean, the ties that, you know, tie these teams together. They're pretty apparent, um, you know, and uh, it's something that, you know, Bruce Cassidy was kind of talking about the other day, too, is, you know, Pete will have knowledge of, you know, maybe not the system, but he'll have knowledge of the little things that um, a lot of these Vegas players have, and, and I think it goes both ways with a lot of these similarities. Joseph, we know you just got off the plane. We know that you uh, got to get caught up, and uh, I will see you at the arena tomorrow. Really appreciate it, Joseph. Make sure you check him out. What are you working on tonight that people can check out from the Vegas side of things that want to read your stuff? Yeah, kind of writing a story tonight on uh, Rope Hints really showcasing himself to the rest of the league, you know, and that's kind of one of the topics so far is, hey, you know, Dallas, you know, not much of a uh, – you know, national attention grabber, but so far, you know, they are, and obviously Hintz is second in playoff scoring compared to McDavid, who's now out. So we'll see if he can kind of climb to that top spot uh, here tomorrow. Joseph, we appreciate the spot. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Up on Twitter, Joe J. Hoyt. All of our daily Vegas Golden Knights covers is brought to you by our friends over at Finley Cadillac. Grab bag is on the way. Hardcore breakdown. A lot of nonsense about Eurovision and our Mount Rushmore of Ivans. 
Come hang with Cofield and Company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So we were mentioning Barbie. Ivan Barbashev earlier, and then we get on to Mount Rushmore of Ivans or Ivans in sports history. I think we got most of them. And then Ari actually did nail it with Rodriguez of baseball fame. That's a pretty good one. That's a really good one. It's very strong. Yeah. Very strong. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Beginning of the show, we are talking about anything we watched other than the Celtics and the Heat last night after we watched the game. What would you watch? Willie went to sleep, didn't have time. Uh, Ari in typical fashion, fired in that he can't afford to watch any TV. And I mentioned I watched Eurovision. It just ended last week. Neither one of you guys saw the Eurovision movie with Will Ferrell? That was really good. Really good. Nothing, Ari? Or you can't afford that one either? (laughs) Both. No, I I don't know about it, no. I've heard the name. That's about it. Essentially, it feels like Eurovision, which has been around, I think, since 1957, is the competition around Europe that spawned all of these music competition shows. And now, like, X Factor is all over the world. Idol, you know, American Idol was was big, still is big. Eurovision basically is uh, European countries will send a rap, uh, you know, musical rap, singer, band, with a song, and it's a song competition, whoever has the best song. And this year, we were watching it yesterday. I think there were, I think there were 37 countries total in it. And I'm not sure if it was 37, but there were 26 in the finale. And it was like a four-hour finale that ran on, I can't remember if it was Peacock or Paramount. We could get it here on Peacock. So I watched the replay last night. It was good. It was good. So Who won? Yeah. Uh, the lady who is representing Israel, which technically is not Europe, but there's, uh, there's this whole stuff about special entrance into it because Australia was in it. Armenia, Israel had reps in it, but the uh, lady, and I don't know how to say her name. Do you have any guess, Ari? Is it like Noah Carrill or something? She's 22 years old, really attractive, ridiculous dancer. She had a really good song. She finished third. There was this dude from Finland who was really strange. He finished second. And then a lady from repping Sweden, her name is, I guess, Loreen, L-O-R-E-E-N. She won, and it was the second time she's won it. She's only the second two-time winner. First woman who's won it twice. But if you, you'll get a decent idea. It's a very funny movie. If you watch the Eurovision movie, I think it's like Fire Saga with Will Ferrell, that'll give you a good idea. They were repping in this movie, Iceland. So you're not hooked. Nothing. No. We're, brought- so, we're so insular. Like, as I watch the show, the SO and I are like, wait, where is this country? Because you, like, you know all the names of the countries, and I'm like, okay, exactly where is Estonia? Luxembourg. And the cool thing here is, I'm such a nerd on this, yeah. Sweden won. The country that wins gets to host the competition the following year. So it's going to go back to Sweden and probably the most famous group ever to win Eurovision. ABBA. Correct. Now, ABBA's back, but they're doing like a virtual show because they're all in their 70s. Guy <laughs> trying to take your bag. Uh, they're all in their 70s. I think he was just pointing at the quality of your bag. But uh, ABBA is Did back. Was free? Yeah, I was back, so I guess I'll be, they'll probably be, big, uh, be a big part of that next year. So you, you, you bring up music competition. Um, we're bringing up reality series. Um, we talked podcasts earlier, so it triggered everything. Um, Uncle Paul was on The Masked Singer, 
couple of years back. He was the broccoli. I have been getting text messages. I didn't know that. He was the, he was the broccoli. Okay. Yes. Uh, I've been getting text messages all week. You're a big podcast guy. Do you listen to this smartless? No. I'm actually not a big podcast person. Oh, you're not? Adam is. What, <coughs> is, what is it? I'll maybe listen to I it. I don't know, but I've been getting text messages all week. I think Jason Bateman is one of the hosts. Oh, really? That could be good. So, obviously, it was a natural. Uncle Paul is on. Okay. But I've been getting text messages. Hey, I didn't know this. Hey, I didn't well. know So, but now it's at the end of the week. Mom texted me while we were on the air. Hey, if you get a chance listening, your uncle's on. Which I'm Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, Will Arnett. That's pretty big. Yeah, so I said, oh, yeah, Mom, I've been getting text messages all week. I know. She goes, well, I didn't know that. But the bottom line is, so I guess it must be a really good one. It must be a hit because there's people that I would never have thought, maybe because they like Jason Bateman, but like they were into the interview. So I'm going to have to check it out. Maybe I'll pull it up on the drive home. It's either that or the hockey game. By the way, end of the first, Carolina won, Florida nothing. Stick your hand in there, Dave. The uh, 2020 draft got regraded, NFL draft, by CBS Sports. (laughs) They pointed out that back in 2020, after the Raiders got their haul, they gave the Raiders a B. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders regraded, got an F. Why is that, Willie? Um, it could be Damon Arnett, could be Henry Ruggs, could be the fact that Lynn Bowden's not there, Brian Edward. I mean, it could be. There's one player remaining with the Raiders from the draft three years ago. That's fourth rounder, Amik Robertson. They had seven picks, two in the first round. Everyone else is gone. Insane, right? That is the former regime, Mike Mayock, John Gruden, John Gruden, John Gruden. And the good times keep coming. Get back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Arnett was indicted on his threatening someone at Park MGM a couple of years ago with a gun, so the indictment just came down. Is it too snarky to say that I'm kind of waiting for Arnett and John Morant to do a song together? Stick your hand in there, Dave. What if I try to defend Damon Arnett and say that he has mental health issues? Do we need to cut him a break? Very touchy subject. Uh, he has issues. I don't know what they are. I mean, in terms of like, you know, but it, this goes beyond. This is kind of like a, a, a Draymond Green in terms of what he did with the stomp. It, that it's, it's, it's also his past. Like, I mean, this dude, it came out, right, with the car rental um, Rex with the fact of leaving the accident and, and, and running up to the facility and telling them, and then the brother comes over and takes blame for it. I mean, there's a lot of things that this dude did. So he could have mental health issues, yes. But it's National Mental Health Awareness Month. Did you know that? You didn't. Month, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And I will tell you this, Steve, I'm proud to say I returned to therapy yesterday. I did teletherapy. Um, I, yeah, I did instead of going to the place. I actually went through my provider list on my insurance company, and I literally went through more than three dozen. Now, when I say that, there's like facilities. So let's say one facility's got eight therapists, another one's got six, another one's got... I narrowed it down to six, and I called each one of them, and I left voicemails. Some of them, oh... Her schedule's booked up. She's not taking any clients. This, this, this. One therapist actually called me back personally. We got on the, uh, so at the end of it, she was like, hey, no hard feelings. If you don't want to go any further, I was like, you had me sold at the first F-bomb you dropped. Because you talk to me like like me, like we're just talking. 
I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to digging deep, cleansing the mind. Why is this important for uh, many men to look into? Well, because I think that men have a hard time in sort of admitting that they have, you know, struggles with mental illness, and and we don't talk. We don't. We we feel as if it's a weak spot, and we're going to get mocked or whatever. But, you know what? In a sense of suicide awareness and mental health awareness, guys, if you feel you need to talk to someone, reach out. Nuggets. Up two early in the first. We're going to go to the live uh, national radio feed of the game right here on ESPN Las Vegas in a matter of minutes.